United States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States. Welcome to this special episode of Forgotten Cello Music from Traveling Cello. Hi, I'm Aaron. This coming Sunday is July 4, 2021. The thought of doing an American Independence special has been going through my mind for a while. Although it originated as a vlog before I started up my podcast, this year presented a particularly good opportunity for doing something. I located the Danish cellist Anton Higner, who wrote a couple of collections. One of them is called Recreations for Beginner Cello. They are arrangements of popular tunes of the day. Many of those tunes are American tunes. Another collection of music is called Fantasias on Popular Melodies. This is also for easy cello, but they differ slightly because he took the melodies and he wrote his own Fantasias on them. So there are original melody, but also his own original compositions. All of the music you will hear in this episode is American in nature and is are either arranged or composed by Anton Hegner, a Danish immigrant. Now, these American tunes utilized by Anton Hegner, 1861-1916, was a Danish immigrant to the USA, and after immigrating, he wrote a collection of fantasies using popular melodies of the day. He also wrote a set of 70 arrangements of well-known tunes with preparatory exercises preceding each number. Both sets are for students of the elementary level. American melodies feature prominently in both collections. This presents an opportunity to showcase easier works for this year, 2021, the American Independence Day on July 4, which is a Sunday this year. They are not dedicated solely to Americana, that is, these works by Anton Hegner. Rather, the American tunes are mixed throughout, but they do feature prominently in both of these collections. The first one, Recreations, which is uh, a set of graded works for the beginner cellist, and the other, a set of Fantasias, which also include melodies by German folk songs and Irish folk songs and the like.
information about Anton Hegner. Unfortunately, there is not that much that I can find that is written about Hegner. I have only been able to find just a little bit written, in total 91 words, in Baker's Biographical Dictionary of Musicians, dated 1919. And to the best of my knowledge, there is nothing else written about him. This is the entry from Baker's Biographical Dictionary of Musicians, 1919. Hegner, Anton, fine cellist, born Copenhagen, March 2, 1861, died New York, December 4, 1915. Studied in Copenhagen Conservatory. Played with great success in Copenhagen, 1875, etc., Berlin, 1892, New York, 1894, etc., Settled in 1899 as a teacher in New York. Works. Four quartets, one piano trio, many solely for cello, violin. About 60 songs, also two concertos for cello, Opus 17 in A, Opus 23 in D minor. And American Festival Overture for orchestra. That's it. That's all I could find that is written about Anton Hegner. Uh, there must be more. Of course, there must be letters and other um, things written about him in, in other biographies. But I find it really curious that apart from the vague mention of many solely for cello, there is not even one mention of this uh, set of Fantasias on popular melodies or his recreations which is a graded set of music 70 pieces in all he also happened to write a fantasia for solo cello and not a word about it July 4, 2021, in America. I've been thinking about this year's occasion for quite some time now. I've wanted to do something special in the past, but this year presented a, a good opportunity with the discovery of these two collections of music by Anton Hegner. And it goes perfectly with the project that I'm doing using forgotten cello music. The shorter numbers, which are just arrangements, are from his collection Recreations for elementary cello. It's a method of sorts, but maybe more along the lines of a graded collection of 70 works in total. Each number is preceded by a preparatory exercise, very useful for teaching the student how to get ready for the upcoming piece. The second collection is a set of fantasias on popular melodies. Uh, some of these are American. I think there are six in total that are American melodies. There are German and Irish melodies, and even, I think, one Scottish melody. And all, all used to create fantasies that he composed. They're labeled as easy. Uh, 
they're all in the first position. Um, this can be a little off-putting to some students who might have already graduated up to the higher position, say fourth position, uh, as far as beginners are concerned. But don't let that title easy fool you. There's plenty of rhythmic and bowing technique that needs to be attended to to be able to play these effectively. Some of the content was a little bit tricky, and granted, it's a little bit more tricky because I'm playing with a recorded piano version, and so I don't have all those visual cues and breathing and looking around, and it, it does make it a little tougher. But even so, just practicing the cello part alone, especially in Listen to the Mockingbird, there were some very tricky things. Now, F major, which the, is the key that it is written in, has never been a forte of mine, and uh, it's a curious thing. F major has always presented some difficulties for me, and it must be because of the way that the notes fall uh, across the strings. Um, that's what I noticed as I was practicing to put this work in a recorded version. Yankee Doodle. This song is quite childish to our modern ear. This is a children's piece. We don't do have we don't have anything to do with it after you know the age of six or eight, maybe ten for some people. It's very interesting that we don't, because as I found out, Yankee Doodle was originally sung by British soldiers to poke fun at the colonial soldiers during the French and Indian War. But later about 20 or 30 years later, the Revolutionary War started, and the colonists took this song and made it their own, and it is now known as an American song, even though it was originally from Britain, and that happens to be the case for a number of tunes. And just like when I was preparing for this, uh, you know, the last year and a half has been quite an extraordinary experience for the entire planet. And I felt it was necessary to find some uniqueness, at least uh, pleasant. Maybe not necessary, but it is pleasant to find some uniqueness, some different angle to view the 4th of July from. Hegner wrote some compelling and energetic fantasies, utilizing some of America's most popular melodies. The arrangements are, are good compositions. They utilize those existing melodies and keep them simple enough for beginners to work thoughtfully through. Particularly in the fantasias on popular melodies, there's, there's plenty of technical 
advancements that can be made. Total, I only have 20 minutes of music. Uh, this brings us to the the end of the episode. And to finish out, I will end with the Star Spangled Banner. Pegner did write an arrangement, which we will hear in the background, of the national anthem of the United States of America. Noticing this, it inspired me to look up the complete poem that Francis Scott Key wrote during the War of 1812. The first stanza is great, but it, when you read the rest of the poem, it gives greater depth of meaning to what the Star-Spangled Banner encompasses. And it also helps us remember what was going on. Francis Scott Key wrote this as he was watching the British bomb Fort McHenry. And the original title of this poem is Defense of Fort McHenry. He watched as they bombed the fort, but at dawn he saw the American flag. It was still flying, and it was an inspiring sight. Here is the Star-Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming? And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? On the shore dimly seen through the mists of the deep, where the foe's haughty host in dread silence reposes, what is that which the breeze o'er the towering steep, as it fitfully blows, Half conceals, half discloses. Now it catches the gleam of the morning's first beam, in full glory reflected now shines in the stream. Tis the star-spangled banner, oh long may it wave, o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. And where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country, should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps' pollution. 
No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must, when our cause it is just, and this be our motto. In God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Observe good faith and justice toward all nations. Cultivate peace and harmony with all. Fourth of July, everyone. Happy Independence Day. Thank you for listening to this special episode for the Fourth of July.